Well, welcome everybody to the Hill Cities podcast. I'm George Backlow, your host, and I'm here with Jeff Higgin, our producer and leader in the Hill Cities network of men's groups. I'm excited to be here in the studio with him. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing good, George. I hope you are. I am doing great, and I'm excited that uh, to have this opportunity to to spend this time with you, preparing for the podcast, just learning from you, hearing from you, and most uh, importantly, just to set up the stage uh, mostly just for you to give us the goods. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You've seen a lot of men. You've seen those who started, you know, just totally like a babes in Christ, and, uh, and they've grown and they've become strong witness for the Lord in their in their uh, sphere of influence. You've seen men who struggle. You've seen all sorts of scenarios, and that's really valuable for someone like yourself to take the time to share with the men uh, from that experience. So thanks for doing that. Thank you, George. I appreciate you. So today I'd like us to focus on um, one of the posts that you have written here for the website. And for those of you who haven't visited our website, it's hillcities.org. We encourage you to go there. There's different types of uh, blogs and podcasts, you know, whether you prefer to read or listen. We have both formats for you. Um, and just to check it out, uh, but I don't think we have anything specific on power and so, Jeff, somehow the Lord led you to speak to this whole issue of how men relate to power. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, first of all, I think there's always context. And so, you know, I'm burdened for the Word of God and for helping men integrate more deeply with it and, the, and, and each other. And so the idea of power in the Christian life has a context to it. And so I have written a series in the book of Romans. And, um, and so the, the key to interpreting rightly the intended meaning the Apostle Paul had in power is to understand the context in which he uses this word and the theme, how he, how he builds and adds more insight into the word power. And, you know, he, he uses in Romans 1... 14 to 17 he says i'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes and it's written and in, inside of it is the righteousness of god being revealed from faith to faith and then it says the one who is righteous by faith shall live and so the question I would ask my, our audience is, what has your experience been of the Christian life? I think a lot of you, in reflecting on it, might say, I certainly don't feel powerful on the inside. And I want to encourage you that that is not necessarily bad. First of all, we, have to, we can't uh, live our lives by feeling. And the Apostle Paul talks about a power that is drawn on by faith and is not dependent on feeling. Matter of fact, he uses the phrase, in weakness, power is perfected. In some ways, you know, part of the Christian life is becoming weaker in ourselves so that we can learn to be stronger by faith in the Spirit. So I would like to define spiritual power, you know, at least the initial phases of it, is from the Apostle Paul, as a blending of God's spirit with your human spirit 
that will transform the heart, which is the core of a person. And so we need to go deeper with this, but just keep that in mind as we, as we go forward. And so there are key words in Romans that help us unlock Paul's understanding of power. You know, when you think about it, in, in, he says the word power is actually a word we get dynamite from. So Paul is saying there is a dynamite inside of every Christian to be drawn on. There's a power to fulfill the purposes God has for your life. You know, I, I, I've been reading Jeremiah recently and how God said, I formed you in your mother's womb and I placed my words inside of you. And a lot of the book, Jeremiah is complaining to God because every time he opens his mouth, the people respond negatively to him. But he said, God says, I've made you like a iron wall that even though they'll hammer against you, they won't be able to knock you down. And he ended up having a lot of suffering and persecution for the word of God, and he didn't feel like proclaiming it a lot of times, but he said it, it got inside of me like a burning fire that I had to let it out. And that the word to him created such a desire to go deeper with it and to share it that he had to do that. Well, anyway, Paul describes himself as similarly to Jeremiah. He says he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And so part of how power works is to transform how a person views themselves. You know, Paul, Paul had the world by the tail. You know, he was, came out of a wealthy family, most likely in Tarsus, educated under the best teacher, probably the Harvard of the day. Um, he was already a Pharisee. He was a Jewish Jew um, that had power and influence and wealth. And then in Philippians 3, he says, you know, he says, when I consider the value of what I had to what I have now, I consider what I had as dung. And that he says, and I have suffered the loss of everything. And you can feel inside of his spirit that he must have gone through quite a process of discharging the old and recovering something new that meant so much to him that he valued it so highly. You know, in, in Romans 1.4, he says that Jesus Christ was declared Son of God with power by the resurrection. And so the, the Jesus' resurrection is marked by power, and then in Romans 6, 4, Paul states that our baptism into Christ, you know, the symbol of baptism, placed us into his death and his resurrection so that the power of Christ is now available to course through our veins by faith. So a theme in Romans is what is your source of power that you draw on? And Paul has a juxtaposition. Is it flesh or is it spirit? Because we have to learn how to move from being people of the flesh that, that try to navigate our ship by paddling to someone who learns how to rest and catch the wind of the spirit. So Paul exchanged his weakness and his efforts for Christ's effort that he accomplished for us in his resurrection, that power he started drawing on. 
And so he, he found his source in, the, in spiritual power and became, in many ways, integrated or plugged in to the spirit as opposed to death being defined as unplugged and empty on the inside. So it sounds to me that the biblical, from everything you're saying, one way to summarize it is that the biblical concept of power and the whole idea of God sharing his power with us um, is very different from what normally people, like you said in the beginning, maybe you don't feel powerful, but what our carnal mind thinks in terms of being powerful is maybe one thing, but then in spiritual terms, this might mean actually something completely different, where this is power that's given to us by God to um, bring us, to make us spiritually strong, strong in every other way, but not, you know, strong to a point of being arrogant in regards to God himself. It's really a posture of dependence as opposed to independence. And so Paul said, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. It's interesting that at his weakest moments is when he launched the Corinthian church with, you know, a lot of impact and power. And so it's, again, it's not dependent on feeling. It's dependent on faith and the willingness to communicate even in weakness where God can use that. By the way, too, is... I believe that part of this thing about power is helping people learn how to live from their heart or from their center of their being. You know, Paul said, you were once disobedient, now you've become obedient from the heart. And in Romans 2, 28, 29, it says that a true Jew is one who who has been circumcised in his heart you know, by the Spirit, and God's laws have been written on his heart. This is augmented by, in Romans 7, 4, it says, you've been made to die to the law, which part of the law is a symbol of your human effort to try to measure up, and, and that you've been made to die to that through the body of Christ, to be joined to him, to him who's been raised from the dead, you know, that we might bear fruit for God. And so there is a a connection with the source of power, which we defined being released at the resurrection, that is coursing through through the risen Christ's veins. And because he's the true vine, we are dependent on that same lifeblood and power being pumped into us, and we draw on that by faith. And, you know, what I'd kind of like to summarize in our Romans experience is... Romans 8, 2 says, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death because what the law could not do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, that we might fulfill the law now by the spirit. So it gives a lot of hope for all of us Christians who feel weak that there is strength available. It sure is. And um, I just want to kind of wrap this up by um, going to the very end of this post where you talk about um, um, just remembering that in weakness, his power is perfected. That's another concept that's pretty difficult for our minds to grasp. Um, if we, at, at, you know, it just, I'm just reading it, it's a, it's a little bit of a 
disruptive thought? How can it be then weakness as power is perfected, but yet our life experience shows us in our weakest moments, uh, it's an opportunity to discover his power in us and to rely on it. So thanks for uh, speaking to this and, and, and writing a, a post and um, sharing your thoughts on this and, and from the word of God. So um, we just want to invite you to um, share this content. If this is edifying you, uh, this is written specifically for men who struggle with, we struggle with so many things as men in this world. And so this coming from, from a guy to guy uh, perspective, it's, uh, it's very valuable because this is not just um, anybody could, I mean, anybody could benefit from this, but it's just kind of valuable to know that, Jeff, uh, you're speaking specifically to men who are desire to go deeper with the Lord. Any final thoughts as we wrap it up for the day? Well, I would say, uh, I want to just give a quick illustration, George. And, you know, I was canoeing in the Boundary Waters with my daughter, a seven-year-old, and we had a Duluth pack, and we had a stiff wind in front of us. And she couldn't put a lot of power into her paddling, so I had to really do this, and I was running out of steam, and I heard this laughing. I was forgot that we were with a group, and they had already turned the corner, and they stopped paddling and held up a tarp. And they were catching the wind in the tarp and laughing because of the power that it gave them. And so the idea being that the wind or the spirit is waiting to fill our sails if we would learn to stop paddling and, and catch the wind of the spirit. So if people are interested, we'd love to have them share this with other people. And again, remember, Hill Cities seeks to connect men seeking God. And we express this weekly in small group contexts where the spirit of God leads our process to open the word together. And we'd love your feedback. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing and helping us grow the audience and impact more men's lives. If you're in the Twin Cities area, get in touch with us through our website, hillcities.org. And if you're listening to this from other places, just uh, we'd love to hear from you anyways and maybe help you uh, connect with men in your area or learn how to put together a men's group where you are. Thanks so much. And thank you, Jeff. And uh, make sure you tune in again next month. Thanks, George. Appreciate it.